Sorry, that's sorry, it's not eight o'clock, people. Got a quick twitch. Ah, forty is slow is the one I can never remember. This is my fault, TJ. Not your, not your fault at all. That was definitely. TJ's I come walking fault. in there hot, complaining, dropping bombs left and right. I'm sorry. Welcome into the Plank Show, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I do think I have most of that memorized. Now that my schedule is back to being a normal one, I get to listen. That's when I. That's when I get to listen right off the top of the eight o'clock hour, bringing back good memories. Good morning, everybody. How are you on this Wednesday? Josh hump day a wipe it Wednesday that's where we wipe clean all of the thoughts takes whatever from the Saturday that was and we start to look ahead though I would say Josh is it fair we've already started looking ahead this was one of those games that I'm pretty sure um if we could put a percentage on it what would you say like at the very least 85 percent of you weren't really going to have an opinion on this team until this week, <laughs> right? I, I'm being somewhat facetious, but it's true. And every show this week has kind of started with the reminder that this is what you all wait. This is what you've been waiting for. This is what you were complaining about and saying, I, I need him to be undefeated heading into Texas, and then I'll have a good feel about where this team is. So as we welcome you into a Wednesday edition on the home of Sooner fans, I've got the text line open on too many computers right now. So I'm going to close this one. You need to hide that one from me so I'm not distracted right off the top. And let's roll. That is the best way to get in touch with the program. 405-651-3439, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Twitter. Twitter's been kind of hopping. At Plank Show, at Josh on Ref. Now, did they announce the guest picker? Is that what they were talking about with was was that what TJ and Toby were talking about with Zach Bryan, or was that just that he's supposed to be at the game this weekend? Have you heard anything? I, I don't not. know. It would be odd to announce it this early. It's only Wednesday. Yeah, typically you would wait, right? But I threw out there a certain quarterback who had uh, won a couple Red River rivalry games. And just happens to be on a bye week. Mr. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, why not? We'll bake, have him do one side of it. I mean, literally, ESPN College Game Day is in love with Matthew McConaughey. So you know that they're going to find a way to have him get involved in some way, shape, or form. That's fine. And maybe it'd be perfect to have TK do it. I think Toby Keith would be great, and he's done it before. But I don't know their rules. It's It's funny. I brought that up just... Because, A, I love that picture of Baker, and, B, since my second down stats did zero numbers for you people on Twitter.com, now I am just going ahead and I'm, I'm throwing every single type of clickbait I can. And when it was like, oh, let's put Baker as the, as the picker, I didn't realize that there were all these rules that were involved, and everyone gets in my mentions, and it's, oh, oh, that's not how you do it. It's got to be this or that. It's got to be like, oh, I didn't know there were rules to this. I mean, I feel like I feel like they use the guy from the hangover a lot. I think that was about the third different team I've seen him represent on college game day whenever he was picking for Duke. I'm like, wait, wasn't he like a Kansas State fan the last and at Kansas State they always have the guy from Modern Family, Eric Stone Stone Street. Stone Street. Stone Horse. What the hell. That'd be a cool name though. I'd I'd go with it. I introduced or I introduced. I interviewed Eric Stone Street one time. And 
whenever I interviewed him, we dialed in. It was like you dialed into a studio, and he was working on something else. He was working on doing uh, some music that he had picked out. Like, they, Sirius XM would give these celebs a channel. It's like, hey, your day, you pick whatever music you want. So I happened to dial in a little bit early, and he was doing all of his uh, – he was doing all of his, hey, man, I, this song takes me back to blah, blah, blah. And I remember being sophomore. So when I started the interview <laughs> with Eric Stone Street – I'm like, hey, man, listen, I just uh, – big fans, talk some Kansas State. And in a second, I'm like, you know, I, I just had to say, you know, I was thinking about this song the other day, and I, I went with it. And he goes, how'd you know that? That's, that's incredible. How did you know that? I'm like, I was listening when you were cutting your tracks. He goes, oh, man. He's like, I was going to be blown away. That was going to be the most incredible research anyone had ever done that you knew that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I guess I <laughs> – I guess I could have lied a little bit, but maybe, I was maybe you should. Have. I was listening in when you were cutting your track, so I'm sorry about that. But they, it seems like College Game Day always has you know someone like that in in an actor. But I, why not? Why not? Bake would be perfect. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what but direction they go. That's when I was yelled at, and it was oh, it's got to be a guy for the home team, the home team. Five eight oh eight. Jr. would be great. Jim Ross would be awesome. I don't – here's – there are two or three things here real quick. Number one, I don't get to see who the guest picker is. <laughs> so, for me, very selfishly, I don't get to watch anymore because now even when we're kicking off at 11 a.m., uh, my show that I'm doing on XM is 8 to 11 a.m. So, I – there's a lot of things that are going on that preclude me from actually watching or at least hearing college game day. So this would be tape delay for you. I, you're right. Or we could get back to doing my other show at the normal time so I can get that bling. But I, it's one of those storylines that I love because the fans love. To me, I couldn't care less. Now, Josh, I had brought up a 24-hour tease on this program yesterday. You did. It's as we were leaving because on Mondays – I'm sorry, Tuesdays, uh, we get out of the way a little bit early for the Brent Venables press conference. And real quick, before I give you this 24-hour tease, I wanted to add one – Quick thank you, thank you to the incredible crew, the OU Club of Tulsa. We had what I consider a great turnout at Big Whiskey last night. It was really awesome. So, um, gosh, thanks to – I didn't get to see my man Chris. Now, I think there's a difference between realtor Chris and my my realtor friend Chris in Tulsa. I think that there is a – I think there is a difference (laughs) – but they might be the same person. I don't know. But I did want to give a big thanks to you know Cindy Morrison. I see her up there every year. Uh, Paige Cole, who's absolutely uh, incredible with the work that she does. They um they're awesome. And it was a lot of que- lot of questions, Josh Helmer, about nil. A lot of nil questions were asked last night. Most of them I did not necessarily have an answer to. But thanks to the Thanks to the entire crew for having us out. I tried. I tried. What's uh, the future of NIL look like? That's a good-looking question. <laughs> well, if I could figure out, figure out the present, I'd have an idea on the future. Thanks, Julia. I love you to death. You guys are awesome. I got to meet Chris. Uh, Chris is a seven-foot, uh, and he is visually impaired, and he is awesome. But he's the kind of guy that you definitely want as your bouncer. I mean, that dude, when I roll in with Chris, we're going to – people are going to be like, all right, you guys, this dude's here to create havoc. <laughs> so it was really – it was That's a really good. it was a really fun night. Now, with that said, 
Here's my thought, and you tell me if you buy or sell what I'm saying. Okay. This team, at least perception-wise, remind. I, I did the whole 2000 thing last night, by the way. Oh, the 2000 thing. It's eerie when you think about it. Now, the path for 2023 is much simpler than what the 2000 team had to deal with, right? There's not a red October awaiting Oklahoma outside of this Texas game cert day. But this, the perception, now it's not, we're deeper in the season than this, but I feel like a lot of people nationally are treating the way that Oklahoma is entering this Texas matchup like they did Oklahoma when they were entering 2017 against Ohio State where OU came in, um, I think Oklahoma was a little higher ranked at that point. I think they were a top 10 football team. Uh, But not many people were talking about them as a championship contender, right? It was, oh, they're going to go to Ohio State. I mean, come on. This is Ohio State we're talking about. They're not going to go in there. It's This is one of the better Ohio State teams at old – I think Herb was still there. That old Urban Meyer has had. Just that they're they're meant to be. This is a team that, you know, I think what they were coming off in twenty sixteen. Was that the was that the runner up season? Yeah. They and they lost to Clemson in the semifinals. Oh and, and oh by the way, came here and beat, beat Oklahoma. Not out of yeah, us, handily. Yeah. Oh, it's not and Oklahoma went in there and got to hang out with the football game, right? Yeah. Second half especially. Really? So I don't necessarily know if I am trying to compare what 2017 OU football was like to 2023, but the way the national narrative is around this game sure does remind me a lot of what that was like heading into OU Ohio State in 17. Now we can nitpick the differences, right? That was a road game, and this and that, and we're better defensively. It's not my point. I just it re, it, it reminds me a lot of that, Josh. And we're going back six, seven seasons now, and try to hit the memory bank on that but coming off getting routed the year before playing a team that a lot of people feel like is a national championship contender that was still very early in the season so obviously that kind of goes out the door a little bit but I think I've I've told this story a lot I sat I was doing a couple call-ins before that game and I remember going on Fox Sports Radio which you can hear you know when we're not on the air here on the ref and one of the hosts is like I mean just a good showing today just just you know maybe keep it within a field goal or a touchdown I was like no I I think they're gonna win the game I think they're gonna go out there and win the game it's like oh god I mean listen we understand that you're the Oklahoma guy but there's like really no shot of them truly winning this game is there I'm like well yeah Baker Mayfield and a group of what at that time was what relatively unproven skill players I in fact it's funny you look back at that 2017 game and Rodney Anderson nor Hollywood Brown had an impact in that OU Ohio State game. So I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get too carried away in like comparing 17 to 23 outside of this. That narrative, that talk, that buzz eerily similar, Josh, to how this year is being treated. That's just me. Oh, did a I was up a little bit there. Did Rodney actually carry the ball in that game? Three, oh, times. three times. Three times. Yeah, that's right. Wasn't a major contributor. The main ball carrier in that game was Trey Sermon. Holy smokes. Look at that. 
Look at that Ohio State team. J.K. Dobbins. Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry. What do they have defensively? Wasn't Bosa Nick Bosa on that team, but he was hurt that game? Damon Arnett, first-round pick of the Raiders. Sam Hubbard. Yeah, that was uh, and, and that was it. really so good team. Maybe a bit of a reach, right? But just when I think about how people are talking about this matchup, you're getting a lot of, oh, I guess for Oklahoma, keeping it close will make everyone happy. And, yeah, I have 49 zip last year. So just go out there and give it the old college try. I think that's a fair assessment. The, the difference, I would say, the fan base feels more confident going into this than they did that Ohio State game. Remember that whole Ohio State week, not saying everybody in the fan base, but you and I were sitting here doing shows. We had the big Sean Pep rally clip that we played that week because remember he he came in and taped the bit which was this is Oklahoma we're expecting to go win there because the, oh, yeah. the fan base wasn't even really wrapped around the idea that oh you could go win that game at Ohio State but I do think confidence meter wise not saying every OU fan this week but I think a lot of fans think OU's gonna go beat Texas or has a great chance to go beat Texas. There is a lot of belief, and and it's really cool to see, especially when you consider how things went last year. So vibe check on a Wednesday. 405-651-3439. How are we feeling? Now, when we come back uh, today as a Wednesday, uh, we spend most of the 10 o'clock hour kind of parsing through the Brent Venables press conference tomorrow. Steve Sarkeesian actually does a Thursday meeting with the media. Now, I don't know if they don't have post-practice avails or or what at Texas. I, I don't understand their media policies. But I will say the uh, the fact that he does two pressers is pretty, pretty awesome. So we'll hear a little bit more from Sark coming up later on in the day or later on in the show. Hold on, what am I saying? We'll hear from Sark tomorrow. We'll hear from Craig Way coming up a little bit later on when the show, the play-by-play voice of the Texas Longhorns, was on with Toby. And what did we tell you? The same thing Craig Way told you. This is a team that is wildly deep at the interior of a, of its defensive line. But its edge rushers are not necessarily dudes we're going to be talking about on Sundays. So – is that an area where Oklahoma can take advantage of it? We'll see. But when we come back, let's let's hear a little bit more on kind of where we are, game week. There's a theory going around. Some people are concerned because Oklahoma tightened up the media veils this week, only made four players available. Maybe that's just that really fine-tuned group of people that want to get worried um, about every little thing that goes against the grain or against the norm. So we got a busy show, Josh. BV, 10 a.m. Uh, Craig Way was on with Toby. We'll reset the two things that stood out to me. And then yesterday, Jim Nagy on the uh, Andy Staples podcast talked about Dylan Gabriel. If you're a Dylan Gabriel hater, you might want to close your ears for that. All right? It's all coming up on a Wednesday edition of the Plank Show on the Ref. It's one of those weeks where I'm so all in on this game, Josh, that I'm looking up. And I didn't even realize some of the NFL matchups. Like, oh, the Jaguars and Bills are playing overseas. 
Guess we're all still freaking out over the Patriots, too. All right. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Raven Steelers, awesome. Let's go back to OU Texas. <laughs> um, how much do, like, pro prospects matter to Josh Helmer? In other words, when you look at games like this, do you say, well, they've got NFL guys here or there. Here's what the NFL guys think of them. Does that, does that matter much to you? Or sure is that it does. just me and my nerdy draft world? No, I think it matters. I don't think it's the end-all be-all, but uh, it's an illustration of how talented a team is. Very true. Very true. So, with that in mind, let's do a little Jim Nagy here. He is the Senior Bowl Executive Director. Mr. Reese's. Mr. Reese's, or... Reese's, depending on whose side you're on. Yep. Which part of Andover you're from? Gary Delabate goes with Reese's. Delabate. Here is Jim Nagy on Texas and its talent. Yeah, Texas has a bunch of guys. They got the two G tackles up front, Tavondre Sweat and Alfred Collins. Both of they're different players, very different. So, like, if you're a guard or a center preparing for those two guys, I mean, it's a different challenge. Sweat's all power. He's just gonna he's just gonna come right down the middle and in, in, in bull rush you and and Collins gives you a little bit more. He's longer too. Um, and then you got a playmaking, you know, uh, Jalen Ford, a playmaking middle linebacker in the middle. You got, you know, Jedi Barron at nickel, you've got a bunch of guys at safety. I mean, they, they they've got NFL guys all over that defense. So um, it's gonna be a good matchup. It's gonna be a good matchup. NFL guys all over that defense. Jalen Ford. I think he's a guy that probably could have gone to the league this year. Dude, I like Sweat a lot. Now, not massive production numbers, but Vondre Sweat is a problem. Well, defensive tackle, you're not always, you know, you're not going to wind up with 35 tackles. No, you're not. At this point in the season. No, it's not going to happen. But what about, uh, what about the Oklahoma side of things, Josh? What if I were to tell you that a guy like Jim Nagy, has incredible high ne- – I don't want to say next level, but a high opinion of one Dylan Gabriel. Now, real quick, this is going to sound a little bit weird because I had to chop it up, and I love Andy Staples to death, but Andy loves to interrupt people in the middle of their takes. So uh, here is Jim Nagy kind of put together his thoughts on Dylan Gabriel. He's kind of the overlooked quarterback in this class right now. You're hearing nothing about him, but, man, he's playing really efficient football right now. If you're going to put the uh... – shackles on him and not let him use his mobility that takes away a big part of his game because that's what he does he can move and he can throw on the move he can throw accurately on the move I know I haven't looked at the numbers from the past weekend but going into the weekend he was like 78 percent 12 touchdowns one pick I mean playing really good playing really good football um and you know it sounds like a cop-out a little bit you know because I know he's been compared to Tua since their days yeah. You know, growing up in Hawaii high school left-handed yeah yeah lefty Hawaiian kid broke all Tua's records um, but really when you watch him, I mean, there are some similarities there. And, and just going back to my time scouting for the Seattle Seahawks, we tried forever to try to fi- find a guy that kind of mirrored Russell Wilson's skill set, and we never could really find that guy. They're hard. Um, you know, if for no other reason, I mean, a team that really makes sense, I know it's a long way out now, uh, but the Miami Dolphins have to be interested in this guy because, yeah. um, I mean, because the, the worry is like when – when I was in Seattle, when if Russ ever went down, and thank God he never did, we had Tavares Jackson, and and T Jack was a great player, you know, really good player. But they were different. They're not like the same we were, at all. Yeah, we would have had to change. Um, 
And so to me, like if I'm the Dolphins, I'm really dialed into this game and how how Dylan Gabriel's playing because if if, if he were on the roster and Tua, God forbid, went down, I mean, you could plug a guy in and just keep on because what he does, what Dylan Gabriel does, get the ball out fast, get it out accurately, uh, can move around a little bit. So um, similar guys. So this should this should be a really fun matchup. I'm not going to lie. Interesting. Yeah, I never thought of the Tua comparison, right? I, In other words, I see – and maybe I need to watch a little bit more of Tua, but now that he mentions it, it was, oh, okay, okay, all right, I, I get that. That makes, that makes sense, and not just because they're both Hawaiian, and that DG had broke all of the high school passing records of Tua, but I never even thought of that kind of comparison before. Josh, lefties, both lefties, right? So, again, you're not – by the way, Tavares Jackson, RIP. Did you know that? Passed away in 2020, killed in a car wreck. Nine days before his 37th birthday. Things you learn on the Plank Show. But I got to be honest with you. Um, oh, Chapstick says I said the same thing to Tua, or to Teddy a few weeks ago. Yeah, I. For me, well, you need to say it to me so I can feel better. I can feel smarter, Chapstick. I never really thought of that. I never really thought of that. Does that does that change anyone's opinion or perspective? Probably not, right? If you're a hater, you're a hater. But he even said, listen, this isn't a guy that we're looking at that's going to be a, you know, we're talking about a first-round pick. And this is a guy that's perceived as a second, third-day pick right now. But we're seeing some of those dudes have success in the NFL right now. I don't know. That's irrelevant to Saturday. But just to hear that kind of opinion, that placing of where they see him, and this is a guy that scouts and talks about it nonstop, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Th- that, that is interesting. There was one more uh, There was one more here on DG, I think. And that's that's what he projects us right now. He, he You know, if you're – forget grading scale. Like every NFL team's on a different grading scale. People in the media have different grading scales. Like – we in the office here at Senior Bowl. We we like to talk about like what are they going to be at the next level. Like let's forget mm-hmm. about what round he's going in. Um, he you know right now Dylan Gabriel projects as a backup level player. And where what what better fit than in Miami? Yeah, so there you go. I think that's fair. I think that's fair too. But I guess one area that I've never really thought about too terribly much was just how much that really, truly limited his game last year. And a lot of you can play I told you so right now with me on the text line because they have unleashed him and let him run the football a lot more. That has been – that quarterback run game has been a major part of what Oklahoma has done this year. I mean, I I don't know stats-wise, but I would think what he's at the very least probably the third leading rusher on the team right now, and it's – Again, you don't have a you don't have a, a go to back on this team right now, but it's it's been a major part, and not just in his ability to throw on the run. Let's see, a fourth leading rusher on the team, but as far as carries are concerned, he's third. He's third on the team in carries this year, behind Marcus Major and Tawi Walker. He's had more carries than uh, Gavin Sawchuck, Javante Barnes, and any other freshman, which you would expect. Yeah, it's a major part. 
It's a major part of what he's done in a part of this offense. And Oklahoma's confidence in that room probably adds to that quite a bit as well. Sure, but uh, right now it's one of the most effective ways at times OU can run. And I would expect a healthy dose of that come Saturday. A healthy dose of it. A healthy dose of it. All right, let's get a break. That was Jim Nagy on the Andy Staples podcast. Andy Staples on three. You can find it. A little perspective on where Texas is talent-wise and what Oklahoma's got ahead of them. When we come back, the first look at the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line plus the Brent Venables press conference from yesterday. What did we learn? It's all coming up on a busy Wednesday edition of the Plank Show. All right, welcome back into the home of Sooner fans. It's the ref with Josh on Plank. Man, they really uh, – when it's not – I keep forgetting about this. When it's not Dion. These debate shows that we have on during the day could not care less about college football, could they? No. Oh, my gosh. How was your Thursday night? Or you uh, Tuesday night? Did you have a good night? It was a good Tuesday. Did you have uh, anything related to high school broadcast last night? I, I did. Uh, called a couple of softball games yesterday afternoon and then uh, – Regionals, right? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, Norman North Regional where Southmore is uh, a win away from advancing to the state tournament. Uh, Norman North uh, will need a little magic today, but uh, then then went over, caught a little volleyball as well. So it was good, man. What uh, what about for you? How Tulsa. was your night? It was Tulsa. It was a Tulsa trip. That's right. And a lot, a lot of podcasts. A bunch of uh, people are saying thank you. And that good. was great to see you last I hope, night on the text line. I hope more people start showing up to this event. I hope we, I hope we grow out of, no offense, Big Whiskey's has a massive patio too. But it was cool for me. I had a couple of friends that showed up that I'd worked with before. Uh, Shelby and LJ showed up. Uh, Gretchen showed up that I'd worked with, and we shared we shared old Clear Channel slash iHeart stories. Even though she is a Texas fan, okay. You know, it's funny. I talk about my friend Larissa a lot and her husband. That's a a house that's divided because she's a diehard OU fan and he's a diehard Oklahoma State fan. Well, imagine LJ and Shelby, Josh. He is a diehard Oklahoma fan. She is a diehard Texas fan. And because of what LJ does, what Larry does, he has to spend a lot of time in Stillwater, Oklahoma State, going to OSU games. So I kind of think LJ may have it worse than most anybody because he's a diehard OU fan who is married to a Texas fan and has to go to a lot of Oklahoma State games. Not not always the best uh, method. But thank you. Thank you. It was an absolute blast. I look forward to it every single year. I can't even tell you enough. It's good to get back to Tulsa. Uh, it's good to just – I basically just end up barely getting in town on time, even though I, for some reason, take leave plenty early, and then it's just uh, go time. What, uh, what takes you so long to get there? Well, yesterday I decided that I was going to go 40 to 75. You're not getting my money, Turnpike. You're not getting my five dollars. So you added a little, not thirty minutes, yeah. So I went, which, and then I, which you've given the five dollars, by right, the way. And gas, right? I completely, <laughs> totally understand. I, I realize the ignorance of my ways, <laughs> but it's it's a principle, though. So continue. It's I'm principle, sorry. right? No, no. But you're 100 percent right. But I got into Glenpool, and then there is like two stoplights in Glenpool that just are not synced up. So I literally sat at a stoplight for like 20 oh, minutes. It's terrible. Yeah, that's a bad feeling. And literally, there should not be those two stoplights in Glenpool. Y'all know what I mean. Just let them go. Put a stop sign for the people that want to try to get out from the other roads. I mean, it was a blast. So thank you. It's a checklist on the week. 
counting down towards OU Texas, and it's always one of my favorite events. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It's the best way to excuse me. It's the best way to stay in touch with the Plank Show. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Also, you know, the Riverwind Casino Jackpot line, 405-329-9000. And Twitter at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. And please, everybody, make sure you are following us at KREF Sports because that's how we spread the word. Yeah. And why wouldn't you be? You should be. Uh, Scary Gary writes, it's because Dylan Gabriel has patience, unlike our running backs who either hit the hole at 99 miles per hour or just stand in it. I was watching a highlight. Well, I was watching a little OU last night when I got back. I was watching some of the some of the Cincinnati game. Yeah, I, I, I see some of that. It's like, what is that guy doing? He just ran literally right into the back of an offensive lineman. I get, I get it. Um, Sooner Shane in Springfield is keeping his receipts. Said, I put this on Twitter back in January. I predict a big year from DG with a capable backup. Now he can run more. It's going to be a good year. I There's a lot of you that can yell and scream and play I told you so with me today. And I think, Sooner Shane, you're one of them. Because I don't think they've just gone willy-nilly, right? I don't think it's run him into the line, and if he gets hurt, no big deal. I think they're very smart and calculated about it. I just didn't imagine that it would be to this degree and it's made a difference right it's opened things up it really has with how much they've run them sure and you know the number one thing of course is is it going to be an effective play to run you know is he going to be an effective runner and uh, I think you saw last week especially that yeah I mean he's he's been pretty effective there really effective a Brazilian Sooner has a good question he writes Last week, I texted we would see who got the most carries, and it was major by far. Mm -hmm. If that holds true against Texas, our running game will be in trouble. I hope I'm wrong. Texas will be ready for the QB run game. We have got to get the running backs going. Yeah, we do. But also, you know, for, for me, I do think the, the screens to – Stoops and Farouk have been an effective kind of piece of that running game. The shovel passes that they've done every very I, I keep saying that, but more of the jet sweeps instead of like those little shovel passes. I just those to me are part of the running game. I'm like everyone. I want to see a running back emerge for Oklahoma like Jonathan Brooks has for Texas. But we'll see. Sometimes in this and by the way, that is my analysis for everything running game related, because I do think there's a large faction of people that are tired of hearing about it. But my reaction is going to be to everything. Yeah, we'll see. Because I feel like it's the only place outside of punting that we can really throw a fit about right now as fans. Right. Tight end, maybe. Oh, yeah. Don't get me don't get me started on my man Rob texting me on tight ends yesterday. Offensive line, interior of the offensive line, especially, which uh, goes hand in hand with the run game. So those would probably be the chief areas of concern. Pass rush. Uh-huh. Minus uh, some of the blitzes that Oklahoma's dialed up and been very, very effective getting home with. I, you know, beyond that, and I know that's, what, three, four things, but uh, everything else has been pretty good. Really good. 
Um, let's see. There, I think I got time for one more here, don't we? Yeah, it's nine forty-four. Someone asked if there was any softball news. Uh, we got two go boomers yesterday, right before Coach jumped on. They had a recruit in town this past weekend, and she. Uh, I saw her. I don't think I'm allowed to talk to her or sell her. Um, yeah, because you work, you know, directly with the university. That's right. But, you know, Patty had always talked about when she was Leah Amico. When she was talking with Leah Amico one time, she said, I knew that I needed to get players out of high school that looked like you did. Right? When you came out of high school, you looked like a grown woman and you were ready to play. And – uh, when I tell you that this young lady that was with OU's crew on Saturday looked like someone who could step in and play right away, it was like, oh, my goodness, look at you. A collegiate athlete. She looked like a collegiate athlete who was ready to go. Yeah. So we're – yeah, it's it's exciting. Time. Now, I will say I would <sighs> – I think that the battle series might be in peril tonight with the weather forecast. Coach had even warned us about that yesterday. So I would stay tuned uh, all day long here to the ref if you have battle series tickets because I don't know what that's going to look like. It doesn't look very promising tonight. Yeah, that's disappointing. I mean, you just can't do much about that. But I appreciate the question. Jim in Arlington writes, per the 24-7 podcast with Rod Babers, how they see Saturday's game. They seem to think Texas hasn't faced a quarterback as good as DG, but DG hasn't faced a defense as good as Texas. There's also a belief that Texas will dominate both lines of scrimmage. They gave stats on first-time Red River rivalry quarterbacks from OU. There's not that many games. They love our linebackers, but think our defense will get shoved into them. You know, Jim, I got to go listen to that. Of all the things I listened to last night, I didn't listen to that. <laughs> but I love it. That's, I if I'm on the Texas side of things, honestly, that's how I would feel. If I was on the Texas side of things, Josh, I would feel exactly like Rod Babers does right there. Hey, Dylan Gabriel is playing really well, really well. But I think we're going to be able to pressure him. I think we can dominate the lines of scrimmage. If I'm looking at it from the Texas side of things, I'm hoping that they have Austin Stogner try to block one of my guys coming off the edge, right? So I. I would completely and totally agree with that assessment from the Texas perspective. Uh, and then and then South Texas sooner. Again, I'm just I feel like this is a shot at me, but I'll wear it. Does having a solid backup like Jackson Arnold open up the play calling to incorporate more design runs by Dylan Gabriel? Also, what new offensive schemes do you think we will bring out against Texas that we haven't seen this season yet? Oh, Sean just got so triggered. I hear my man Sean is like, there is no holding anything back. Uh, yeah, can we address that next? Let's. And I'm going to write it down because uh, South Texas Sooner, I think it's a good point. And if you look back historically, there have been some things that each team has done in this game that is different than what you had seen at points this season, right? In in the season, but I don't. I, don't, I, I feel like some people expect Oklahoma to come out and run the wishbone all of a sudden and just do things completely differently, and I don't think that's going to be the case. But what might we see? Let's get into it next. And, yeah, I do uh, I do have to wear it, man. I, didn't, I did not think we would see Dylan Gabriel running this much. I really didn't. And there's even times where he's running. I'm like, are we sure we're still going to be doing that? It's 948.
It is a Wednesday edition of the Plank Show right here on The Ref. I saw Big Chris checked in on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. That made my day. He, uh, I was going back through. He does need a 5XL. <laughs> That's My man is – he's on my basketball team from here on out. We'll, hey, we'll, we'll work on the, uh, the site thing, Chris. We'll make it happen regardless, buddy. He's, a, he's awesome. He's awesome. Uh, one more quick text. Oh, Jimmy in Tulsa. Good to see you last night. Uh, since Plank can't watch it anymore, the best part of game day now is the guy on the end doing Joe Biden impersonation. Set your DVR. Do not, do not make this about politics today, 5808, because inevitably you mention Biden or Trump. What happens to the text line, Josh? That's all it is. Yeah. Well, yes. How about that Speaker of the House thing, man? No, <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I don't think you should go into Saturday's game, Saturday's game, thinking you're suddenly going to see everything being completely different. Now, when when I say that, that's not to say there isn't wrinkles and there aren't differences in how a team approaches it. I think a lot about the two times that the the sprint draw has been a major part of the of the OU Texas game, right? 2000 when I mean holy smokes what Q and that offense did to Texas. Unbelievable, right? One of the greatest blowouts in this series history. And then I think you know Texas did the same thing to Oklahoma in, I think it was, what, 13? That was the – I was trying to scroll here quickly. Uh, uh, yeah, it was 13. It was 13 when Jay Norvell was their offensive coordinator and suddenly they're doing they're doing everything that you didn't expect them to do. Is it 13 or 15 one of those years? And they started running that sprint draw. And you're like, what is going on here right now? And they beat us. So I think it might have actually been 15, excuse me. But my point is – Both very disappointing games. Very disappointing games. But, Josh, I'm just not – there's going to be little things that you'll see, right? Little differences. But I don't think suddenly you're going to go out and have a whole new offensive approach or have a – whole new depth chart of players or have a whole different mindset. It's just there's only so much practice time you get. Now, there's a large faction of you that believe there are certain things that have been held back for this moment. I've never been a big believer in that. And they've been working on it because they've been able to. I don't know if that's the mindset of this staff, but you know you know they're going to have something pretty special on that first drive. Because this is a an offense that wants to go out and prove that, hey, last year was the anomaly and not the norm. And even in a series that's rifled with streaks, um, that hasn't necessarily truly been the case since 2013, right? The longest winning streak since 13 is Oklahoma won four straight games. That's, they've alternated wins. It's not really been like it was – in the 80s or even going back to the 60s. Uh, Texas, they won seven in a row and, you know, eight of 11. Well, then there goes Oklahoma with five straight wins and six of seven. 
Texas bounce back, uh, bounces back and wins four of five from 79 to 83. Then the Sooners win four straight games. Then Texas wins four straight games. Right? It just – I'm not saying that's suddenly not the norm. It's just that this seems like it's going to be a little bit more back and forth. Barry Trammell asked a great question about that yesterday, and Brent Venables is like, I don't don't want him to win because it's the next game. (laughs) I don't care about the history of it. I I want to win the game. The uh, Throwing different wrinkles at each other, too. Yeah, that's getting back to that. Both teams have had success this season. You you each come in undefeated for the first time since 2011, so you can save a wrinkle or two, but – I guess what I'm saying is playing the, the wrinkles so far, while we can gripe about the run game needs improvement and this and that, both teams are undefeated coming into this thing. So what they've been doing has been working. That's right. So you're probably not going to see things <laughs> radically different. All right, quick quick, quick break. Uh, we'll get to your phone calls. I only had like a minute there, True, so hang in there. 405-329-9000, 405-329-9000. The Brent Venables Presser uh, will recap the big moments next on The Ref.